um, very excited this morning to, to share, with me, with, share with you what uh, God has been uh, laying on my heart over the last weeks. And so, um, but those of you that don't know, um, we've been uh, busy with a, well, we are busy with a, a series called The Hymn of His Garment. It's an eight-week um, sermon series, and uh, we started about three, three weeks ago, <clears throat> where Andre started to share in the first message. He shared that uh, healing is actually for everybody, and he said that healing is the will of God. And he said also, we also answered the question, why healing? Why do we spend eight weeks on healing? And he said, because healing, can I have some answers? Why do, why do we, why are we, um, because healing brings glory to God. He said, because healing, um, whenever we look at the Bible and we see people get healed, they were also getting saved. People also get, got saved. Because um, we see that Jesus is obviously our ultimate example, and um, we see that what Jesus did in the book of Acts, or not in the book of Acts, sorry, when Jesus did, when he was walking around, uh, he was healing people all the time. And he's the ultimate example. It's also, we also see that Jesus um, commanded his disciples to heal. So healing is also commanded. So that is why we're doing uh, eight-week course. We're also doing it, um, or the reason why we're doing it is because we want to equip the saints, you and me. Amen? We want to get equipped to effectively minister healing to the broken people in need. Then last week, Andre shared around the presence of God. And he said that healing flows from the presence of God. And it really isn't about working harder or praying harder, but actually just becoming more aware of God's presence. And when we become more aware of His presence, and His presence touches us, then we are healed. Amen? So this morning, we are are tackling in this eight weeks, we are tackling the topic of healing from all different types of angles and this morning, uh, I'm going to be tackling again the topic of healing from a completely different angle. And uh, I'm very excited to share with you, but let me just, um, let me pray before I start. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, I just dedicate myself to you this morning. Lord, I bring before you everything I say, every word on my lip. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would anoint it. And God, I pray that you would sift the, the words that's not of you and bring the words that's of you, God, to the ears of the people this morning. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. So turn to your brother or your neighbor this morning and say, we're excited. Because um, this morning I want to share and I want to come against the mountain that says that I do not have a role to play in healing. This mountain that says I can't do anything to release healing in my body. Healing is purely a sovereign act of God. That's the mountain. That's the lie that what what we want to come against this morning. Now obviously... A God can sovereignly heal, right? God is God. And we can't put Him in a box. He can do exactly what He wants. But God actually wants us to partner with Him when it comes to healing. So I want to show you the scripture in Romans 16 verse 20. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under His feet. No. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet and my feet. So you see, it's, it's easy for God, it's easy for God to crush Satan. And in fact, he's actually already at the cross. He already removed all the authority that Satan has from him. And there will be a day, the day of judgment, where God will come and he will literally remove all evil from the face of the earth. There will be no evil left. But until that day come, God actually wants you and me to partner with him in crushing Satan. Amen? To partner with him in crushing evil. To partner with him in crushing sickness. He actually delights when he sees us overcoming it. So I want to call my, my wife and, and Francis forward because 
This is the, the best possible way for me to, to explain this, is to look at my relationship with my daughter, Frances. Now, if I want her, if I want Frances to put this little straw in this little hole, I can actually, I can take, I can put the, the straw in her hand, and I can take a hand, and I can force it in there, right? And the task is done. The straw got into the, the bin. But, you know, it's not, I don't have such a great feeling about it. It doesn't really make me feel great. It doesn't make me feel um, uh, like, wow, she's been learning something. There's no real satisfaction because I've just forced her. On the other hand, and I could actually give her this, and I could tell her to, I could tell her to put, it, put it in the... In the thing. You see now, that feeling of like, wow, she did it. She accomplished it. Because I know she can do it. That I, th- I believe that God feels exactly the same. He's a father and looking at us at his children. And he can bring healing, whatever. But he wants us to partner with him. Because it brings such a, a joy to his heart when he see, sees us actually overcome it. Amen? So the truth this morning is that God wants us to partner with him to release healing into our bodies. And our brains and our thoughts are some of the most amazing tools that God has given us to release healing into our bodies. So I want to read to you here from a book called um, Switch on Your Brain. It's written by Dr. Caroline Leaf, a communication pathologist and audiologist who has worked in the area of cognitive neuroscience since the 19, 1985. So for more than 30 years, she's been working in the area of cognitive neuroscience and she's been doing research. And this is what she says. Thinking changes our DNA. Research shows that the DNA actually changes shape according to our thoughts. As you think those negative thoughts about the future, that week ahead, what a person might say or do, even in the absence of the concrete stimulus, even in the absence of that person, that toxic thinking will change your brain, brain wiring, in a negative direction and throw your mind and body into stress. According to Dr. Herbert Benson, MD President of Harvard Medical School's Mind Body Institute, Negative thinking leads to stress, which affects our body's natural healing capacities. Isn't it amazing? The power of our mind, the power that our thoughts and our mind has on our DNA and our feeling and, and, our, and our health. The same researchers did a, um, did a study on HIV patients, and they, they discovered that patients that had um, positive thinking and feeling had 300 thousand times more resistant to the, to the virus, to the disease of HIV, than patients that, that didn't have um, positive thinking and feeling. Isn't that amazing? Just our mind, just what we allow in our thoughts can influence sickness. So this is, this is why this morning I want us to have a little bit of a look into neuroscience. Okay, now I'm not a doctor, I just want to throw it out there. I'm not a doctor, I'm far from a doctor. I'm an industrial engineer, and, um, but I've just, this was just laid on my heart, so I've done some research on it, I've done some reading, I've watched some, some talks on it, and this morning I just want to explain some com- concepts of neuroscience to the average in- engineer in the house, amen? Okay, <clears throat> so stay with me. So I don't know if you've heard before, but you might have heard the, the concept neuroplasticity. The neuroplasticity means, neuro means brain, plasticity means Ability to change. So the fact is that our brains are continually changing. As you are sitting here this morning, 
as I'm speaking, as you're listening to me, as we were worshiping earlier, your brain is continuing changing all the time. It's making new connections. It's forming new paths. It's changing all the time. And apart from the fact that your brain can change all the time, it's malleable, um, the brain can also actually build out. The, the brain can bring new, new cells forth in the brain. And that's where the term uh, neurogenesis comes from. Neuro, again, meaning brain. Genesis, meaning new birth. So the brain can actually grow these new branches. They say when you look at the brain, these new parts of the brain that gets formed, this actually looks like branches. And the brain can um, develop these new branches. So the brain can both change all the time, and the brain can build new branches. It can actually develop. It can grow out. A little bit of history on this, on this topic. Before the 1990s, uh, very few people actually believed that the brain can change. Very few people believed that the brain can, um, can build itself out. So what they actually believed in, in, during that time, before the 1990s, they believed that uh, when the baby was born or when you were born, you basically, your, your brain was fully developed. And you kind of have to do, you make do with what, what is there, with what you've gotten. Then they said, no, okay, then later they discovered some more things. They said, okay, up to the age of puberty, you can actually still change your, your, your brain. Your brain can still change the malleable, but after that, it's very, very difficult to change. You can't really do it. So from there onwards, you have to make do with what, what is there. Now I can see, I can see on your faces, um, you're asking, what, you know, why is this important to me? Why are we even talking about this? Because the latest research and development in technology shows that this type of thinking that the brain cannot change and the brain cannot build is actually, for, as far as possible, so far away from the truth, you can't believe it. Um, and actually, your brain can change with the new technology. When, when they look at MRI scans, for example, with the new technology, you can see even a person at the age of 80 and 90, they can see that your brain is still continually changing. And your brain can still continue build out. Okay, so why is this important for us? Well, in the area of neuroscience, um, it's very important because with the treatment of of patients, specific trauma, trauma patients, before the 1990s, before the discovery of neuroplasticity, before the discovery of uh, neurogenesis, um, the treatment of patients were, were mostly focused on teaching the patients coping mechanisms. Okay. So in other words, they taught the patients how to cope with what they have because your brain can't change, your brain is damaged, and now we need to teach you, we need to teach you how to actually cope, how to do life with this disability. But with the new, with, with, with the new research, um, it's completely different. We actually do not have to settle for just coping because our brains can actually be renewed. So in trauma patients, they speak of patients that had strokes and had brain damage, patients that were in car accidents and had damage to the brain. Um, they also speak about um, people that, that you've got so-called bad genes, you've received bad genes from your, from your parents. So in our DNA, we, re- we receive or we inherit some genes from our, our parents, and these genes, um, uh, they call it the epigenetic mark. Okay, just stay with me for a moment. They call it the epigenetic mark. They, they're not DNA, but it's dormant, and we can access and trigger those epigenetic marks. We can, those trauma areas, we can open it up. It's like a book that's closed, but we can actually go and open it up, or we can suppress it and, let it, and not let it carry on. So earlier in, in the... Um, you heard the scripture of the scripture actually calls these marks, these genes coming part, they call it, the scripture calls it curses that visit the thir- third and fourth generation. These are curses in our genes, bad genes. 
but we can actually change it with this new technology and the latest research. Isn't that amazing that we don't actually have to allow, we don't have to just sit back and say, yeah, this is just going to follow through on my, from my family to my, um, from my generation to the next generation. Let me read to you, <clears throat> let me read to you here from, again from, the, uh, from that book, Switch on Your Brain. The fact, this is again Dr. Caroline Leaf speaking, she says, the fact is that the, bra- the fact that the brain is plastic and can actually be changed by the mind gives tangible hope to everybody, no matter what the circumstance. I've been privileged to work with and see the following. Autistic children, autistic children cope in academic and social environments. Young men and women who grew up in abject poverty and a lifestyle of selling and taking drugs do a complete about-face in their lives, go back to school and become leaders in their communities. Car accident victims who have been written off by neurologists as vegetables retrain their brain to the point that they complete their schooling up to tertiary level and go on to become successful contributing citizens. Students labeled as learning disabled with years of therapy and no hope left, no hope left, master learning and achieving grades they and, they and their parents could only dream of. Children with dyslexia learn to read and write and, help, and even help their parents study for exams successful. Suicidal and emotionally traumatized minds set free. Now, doesn't that just release so much hope in you guys here this morning? If you've battled with trauma, you had trauma in the past, no longer do you actually just have to accept it. There's actually something we can do. There's something we can part, we can part with God through our brain and our thoughts in releasing healing over our own bodies. Now, as I was uh, preparing for this message over the weekend, I received a word from a friend, and he said that as I'm sharing this morning, God is going to release hope over the congregation. And that just so resonated in my spirit. So, and I just agree with that. I believe it's the word of God. God wants to shatter hopelessness here this morning. Amen? God wants to shatter hopelessness. There's no hopelessness when, when, for believers of God. God is the God of hope. So I want to pray for us. I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, we command every bit of hopelessness in this house to disappear in Jesus' name. We take every thought, every hopeless thought in this house, so we take it captive and we bind it and we send it to the feet of Jesus in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, we invite you in. Come and flood our hearts and come and flood our minds, Holy Spirit, with your eternal hope. Amen. Guys, this is, this, this is amazing if we, if we actually grasp it, if we realize what God has put, the capacity that has God, God has given to us in our brains and in our, in our thinking. So in terms of the, the whole series that we're doing on healing, I want to tell you this morning that not only... Does God want to heal you? And not only do I want to encourage you to um, press in and step into God's presence because healing is flowing from His presence, but I want to tell you that you and I, we can partner with God through disciplining our mind and our thoughts. We can partner with God and release healing into our bodies. God has designed us with this ability to do it. Read with me from Proverbs 23 verse 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so he is. For as he thinks in his heart, so he is. Very simple scripture. What is it saying? It says, whatever you think, whatever you fill your mind with, that is what you will, you're going to become. So if you say, oh, I'm probably going to get sick, I'm probably going to get sick, I'm probably going to get sick, guess what? You're going to get sick. Because by saying that, you're triggering, you're triggering um, your brain to send signals to your genes to unlock that feeling of sickness. 
to actually become sick. Dr. Leaf explains it in a, in a book, um, and she says that a thought as simple as saying, oh, my mother had depression, now I've got depression, and surely my children will have, have depression. Just by saying that, making that statement and thinking that in your mind, actually triggers the brain. Those thoughts trigger the brain to send signals, again, to your genes. And the genes, and it unlocks feelings of depression. And you actually become depressed because you're saying it, because you're thinking it, because that's what you believe in. On the contrary, it's also said, when we focus on the positive, when we focus on the good, when we focus and meditate on the Word of God and the promises of God, those, the same thoughts send triggers to, again, little brain sends triggers to, to your genes, and it unlocks feelings of hope, of peace, of joy, and ultimately releasing healing and health in our bodies. Ooh, I can see you guys are very excited this morning. I guess you're just really listening intently and it's going in. Just turn to your neighbor and say, you are an intelligent being. You've been wonderfully and fearfully made. You've been designed in the image of God. Amen. We've been, scripture says that we've been wonderfully and fearfully made. We've been designed in the image of God. And God is a highly, highly intelligent being. So you and me this morning, we are highly intelligent beings because we've been created in the image of God. Don't believe anything else. Romans 12 verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do not, be trans- do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This renewal of your mind, um, remember what we've been learning now about neuroplasticity, neurogenesis, your brain is able to change. So renewing your mind is not a concept, a foreign concept out there, a concept in Scripture. It actually is a physical thing. You can actually renew and change the way your mind works. Your mind can be changed. Your mind can grow and build itself out. It all depends on what we put in. It all depends on how focused we are with our thoughts. What do we allow in our thoughts? Are we taking captive the thoughts that are coming in and bringing it to the feet of Jesus? So how do we do this? How do we actually renew our mind? Again, the, the, uh, the, the answer is found in Scripture. Philippians 4 verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So how do we renew our minds? We meditate on the good. We meditate on the word of God. We meditate on the truth of God. We meditate on the promises of God. And if we day-to-day discipline our minds, and we focus our thoughts on thinking thoughts of that's true, noble, just, pure, lovely, good, virtuous, praiseworthy. Then our brains will start to re- be renewed and transformed. So the crux of the matter here this morning is that we do not actually have to accept stress, anxiety, depression, unforgiveness, bitterness, or for that matter, any other trauma. Um, uh, Damage that was caused to our brain or body through trauma. We don't merely have to accept it. We actually have a chance. We have a choice to get a change. We are not victims of our circumstances. I'm going to say that again. We are not victims of our circumstances or our past. We are not victims of our circumstances or our past. We can control our reaction. We can control our thoughts. We can control our reaction. And it's by the thoughts and reaction that will actually... Um, which, which, which actually triggers the experience that you have in life. Your thoughts 
and your, um, your choices, your, your, your thoughts and your reaction is actually what makes you experience life in a certain way. So actually you're not, you're not a victim of your circumstances. We can't control what's going to happen tomorrow. We can't control what another person is going to say to me tomorrow. But I can, I can control if we're going to let that thought be planted in my brain or if we're going to say, no, this is not of God. This is not good. This is not pure. This is not lovely. This is not praiseworthy. So I'm going to kick it out. And she explains in, in, in the book that actually the frontal part, the frontal lobe of the brain is designed to do exactly that, is to filter. And you can like listen. She, can, she says you can listen to the Holy Spirit speak and you can take in a conversation. At the same time, the frontal part of your lobe does that, helps you with that. And you can actually say, okay, this is not of God. I push that aside. Okay, this is good. I'm going to focus trustworthy. This is praiseworthy. I'm going to focus on that. That's how our brains are designed. God has designed our brains in an amazing way. So we are not victims of our past. We are actually victims. We are victors over our circumstances. Because we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who lives in us. Amen? I want to read you another scripture, Deuteronomy 30 verse 19. I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursing. You know, like the matrix, the two pills. I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. The reality here this morning is that God is setting before us life and death. And the, and the, 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 the ball is in our court to choose either life or death. And unfortunately, the truth is here that no one can change your mind. No one can change your thinking but you. It's not like I can invite you up and say, I'm going to pray for you now because I'm going to change your mind, manipulate your mind. That's, that's witchcraft. God, because if God, wants, wanted us, if God wanted us to do that, he would have come and changed our minds himself. But he's given us a thing called free will. He's given us a thing called free will to make these choices. And the responsibility is yours and it's mine to choose. What are we going to allow in our minds? What are we going to meditate upon? This is not on the screen, but I just want to read to you. Choices is real and free will exist. You're able to stand outside of your body, observe your own thinking, consult with God, and change the negative toxic thoughts or grow the healthy positive thoughts. When you do this, your brain responds with a positive neurochemical rush and structural change that will improve your intellect, health, and peace. You'll experience soul harmony. Doesn't that sound nice? Also from a book. Also from the, that, that lady, the, the doctor. So getting practical. What does it actually mean to us? Okay. Well maybe it's still a little bit up there for some of us. Like what does it mean for us tomorrow? How, how is this message going to impact my life tomorrow? What, I, what am I going to do? So there's three things that I want us to do. Firstly, we need to meditate on the scripture. Meditate on scripture. How do we do it? Pick one verse. I did not receive a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Let's say that. I did not receive a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. So let's take that verse tomorrow and we meditate on it. In other words, you think about that verse as often as you can throughout the day. You can save it on your phone. You can put it, uh, a note on your desk so that you can continuously think about it. Every time you think about it, I want you to actually write a personal decoration or make a personal decoration of that verse. For example, you can say, Stephen, I'm not a fearful person. I'm a person filled with the love of God. I've got a sound mind. I've got right thinking. I'm not confused. You hear what I'm saying? So you declare the word of God over your life or over yourself. 
And then thirdly, you actually act upon Scripture. This is often the one that we don't do. So when you're in that circumstance, when I'm tomorrow at work, and fear is coming for me, stress is coming for me, because we're all under pressure at work. I understand this. Believe me, at the moment it's very, very stressful at pressure at work. I'm really trying to practice what I'm preaching. And it's not so easy. But over disciplining my mind, I'm, I'm getting small, I'm getting victories. So when the fear, when the stress wants to come and grip, I say, no, in Jesus' name, I'm not a fearful person. Obviously, I don't shout it out when I'm in the meeting, but I just say it to myself under my own breath. I'm not a fearful person. I will not allow this fear to grip of my heart. I will not allow this negativity to grip a part of my heart. This is not of God. I want to be transformed. I want my mind to be renewed. I want to set my mind on the good things, on the positive things of God. Amen? So I've put up there a couple of toxic thoughts versus healthy thinking. Toxic thoughts can be something like moaning, complaining. Moaning, complaining. There's some moaners and complainers in the house. Some people are experiencing the condemnation. But we are not here this morning for condemnation. We are um, we're here to, to get conviction by the Holy Spirit. Condemnation says, Oh, I've got sickness in my body because of my thought. Oh, I'm such a bad person. That's condemnation. Conviction says, Wow, I've got the sickness in my body, but wow, I can train, I can train my brain. I can change my, my way of thinking. And God is literally going to bring healing through my brain. Do you see the difference? Con- conviction actually brings empowerment. And brings about change in our life. Where condemnation just makes you feel miserable. So we want to change complaining to thanksgiving. Moaning to thanksgiving. Bitterness. Unforgiveness. I can't do this. Thoughts like, I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I'm a failure. Those kind of things. We want to caption, we we want to say, that I can do all things through Christ Jesus. I can't be used for healing. Thought of lie. God wants to use me to heal others. I've seen it so practical that, that bitterness specifically, bitterness and unforgiveness can be a major block to healing in our lives. Um, a while ago, I prayed for a lady at, at work, and um, I was praying for her back. She had back pain. I was praying for her once, and she didn't get healed. I asked if I could pray again. I prayed again. She didn't get healed. And as I was praying the, the second time, the Holy Spirit just laid it on my heart that she's actually bitter. She's got a fence towards a man in her life. So I just said, hey, um, do you maybe have a fence or bitterness towards a man in your life? Because I just believe God is, God is saying, saying something to me here. And he said, no, you're actually right. I do have bitterness. I do have offense against my ex-husband. And I said, okay, well, I believe all you need to do is you actually need to confess. You need to forgive him. You need to speak forgiveness. It's not about a feeling. Remember, our thoughts and our decisions trigger feelings. We can't base off our feelings. We, we can't live from our feelings. It's our thoughts and our decisions that we make that then bring about feelings later. So first we need to make the choice of forgiveness, for example. It's not a feeling. So when I, I told her that, and she said, okay, I'll, I'll forgive him. Um, and I led her in, in, a, in a small forgiveness prayer. And afterwards, uh, she said, hey, my back pain is gone. I didn't even have to pray for her again. The power of unforgiveness to keep us in bondage, to block the flow of healing. So I want to encourage all of us. So what we're going to do this morning now, we're going to get practical and... Uh, the band can come up to the stage and the ushers can, can start preparing the uh, communion. We're going to have communion this morning. And this morning, we're gonna, um, I'm going to ask you to, to turn two two to one another. And it doesn't matter if you don't know the person that's next to you because it's not going to be a counseling session. Uh, each one of us is actually just going to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us and to, to reveal to us what are these toxic thoughts that we have been allowing in our minds. What are the toxic thoughts that we've been 
playing over and over in our mind, what we've been meditating on. And as soon as the Holy Spirit reveals something to you, I want you to actually pray to God and um, ask Him for forgiveness. So repent of that. I'm going to show you how you're going to do it now. Repent of that. that um, then you're actually going to command that thing to leave. You're going to rebuke it. And then you're going to actually ask God for the opposite, the promise that He has into our hearts, into our minds. Amen? So I've, I've put together a, a sample prayer how we can do this. So you'll pray something like that. that. Let's use bitterness. Lord, I repent of the bitterness in my life. I acknowledge that this is not of you and I renounce bitterness in Jesus' name. It has no more right in me. I accept your promise of thanksgiving in my life and declare that I'm full of thanksgiving. You get the concept. So I'll leave the prayer up there so you can see how to do it. But those, maybe just go to the previous slide again, just those, those thoughts, those toxic thoughts. Moaning, bitterness, unforgiveness. I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I'm a failure. Healing is not for me. Those type of things. If the Holy Spirit is highlighting things to you this morning, I want us to take ownership over our own thought life. I'm a failure. I can't do this. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not good enough. Let's listen this morning to what the Holy Spirit is saying. Let's start to take ownership over our thoughts. Let's shove it out. Let's repent of it. Let's come before God and say, Lord, remove this thing. This moaning, complaining all the time. Yo, we love to complain as a people. We love to complain. God, it's too hot. God, it's too cold. Lord, the wind is too much. Oh, the wind is too little. It rains too much. Then it's, it's too dry. We complain all the time. We want to complain all the time. That's poison to our bodies. It's poisonous to our bodies. It invites sickness into our bodies. Let's get that out. Let's shove it out of our lives. Let's become a people group that says, no, we, we're not going to complain anymore. We're going to focus on the promises of God. Amen? Someone excited with me? Yes, amen. So, as a, the guys hand out the communion, what I want you to do is turn to, 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 turn to one another. And before you actually take, the, take communion, give the one person the opportunity to confess and to pray. And then the, the second person get the opportunity to confess and to pray. Then afterwards you take communion together. Okay, and then we're going to take it, take it from there. Can you just put the prayer up again, please? Amen. So this is not a counseling time. It's not a talking time. It's a time to listen to the Holy Spirit and to hear what is, He wants us to shove out.